Welcome to Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Curran. I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He's ready to watch his commanders and the Baltimore Ravens winning streak tonight on Monday Night Football, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man of the people in the room, how you doing? This is our Super Bowl, Tanner. I hope you realize that. This is the Commander's Super Bowl tonight. Yeah, it's as big as you get for Commander's fans. You got a chance to knock off the Ravens, the 24-game win streak on Monday Night Football at home. This is huge. I mean, it's not going to get better for Commander's fans than tonight. So you're telling me that that case I was making a few months ago about Sam Howell for the MVP, you're, you're not on board anymore? Sam Howell blows. I wonder if he'll play tonight. Maybe a whoa, 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 whoa. Sam Howell's not like terrible. He's so bad. I want to see if he's even playing tonight. I, I mean, I, this I Probably hate. This, this is what I want to say about preseason NFL betting. To everybody saying, if you're really smart, you can make the most money on the preseason. No, you can't. You have no idea what starters are playing and what starters are for how long. I hate the the uh, unpredictability of it. Yeah, it's hard. Like people say, preseason betting is easy. It's really not. Like I don't know where they get that from because you're betting on. Oh well, we know the okay. We know this 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 dog water player out of East Washington, Missouri State is going to play in the fourth quarter. Okay, so we should bet the other team. Then he comes out and throws fifteen touchdown passes. Or you get the guy that's like, hmm, he sucks. Like like look at um, I don't even know who I'm thinking of, but like look at a backup quarterback. They're like, oh, this backup's going to play. A- the first Aiden, Aiden O'Connell yeah. has looked really good in the preseason. He he's lit it up so far. Then you got the play like what happened last night. I forget it was the Chargers, and they just threw that. The, the kid, whoever was playing quarterback for the Chargers in the fourth quarter, threw into triple coverage and it got caught. And the Saints, they were in position, Chargers were in position to win the game. It's just like so unpredictable. Yeah, it's not, it, it, it's, it's football, but it's not like NFL football. It just, I mean, the, the coordinators are calling the most vanilla schemes on both sides. It's just, it's just weird. It's random. It's like betting on the XFL combined with the Alliance of American football combined with preseason NFL. It's bad. It's like betting on NBA Summer League. That's kind of what it yeah, is. Yeah, 100%. That is exactly what it is. It's betting on the summer league. Yeah, and it's not fun. It's not fun because you lose bets down the stretch because team then teams go down and they crawl back. But anyways, the commanders are ready to go tonight. And we're going to talk about that game in a little bit. But before we get into all these picks and plays, you need to smash the subscribe button right now because Ride the Line is moving into football season. College football week zero starts on Saturday. It's a huge week. And then next week after that is week one, the official kickoff to college football. And then after that is the NFL. So start getting excited. Start smashing the subscribe button. We got the plays for you all day long. Yep, we do absolutely got the plays coming up for football. But we also got the plays for this MLB season as well. And Tanner, I'm going to kick off the show here, if you don't mind. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the easiest pick in the book. Atlanta Braves run line, minus one and a half versus the New York Mets. Now, the Braves lost yesterday. Don't count on the Braves losing two games in a row, especially not to the Mets, especially not with David Peterson on the mound. He's 3-7 and seven with a 545 ERA and a 165 whip. That's really bad. He's taking on Bryce Elder, who's 9-4 and four with a 346 and a 121 whip. Now, Elder... He gives you really good games. He gives you really bad games. He's very up. He's very down. Lots of volatility. I will say the last time we saw him, he threw a seven-inning shutout. Granted, he gave up five earned runs and the two starts before that. But you know what? Even if he's bad, Peterson is also just very bad consistently. And one interesting thing about Peterson, he has a 288 ERA at home and a 775 ERA on the road. This ERA is five points different depending on where the game is being played, this game being played 
in Atlanta. Now, based on the last month, the the Braves scored two more runs per game than the Mets do. And if you want to look at the season overall, it's not even remotely close. The Braves has had the most dominant offense in the league. The Mets has just been terrible, and it's been getting worse. The Braves um, are also very good coming out of the bullpen. Um, they're third in bullpen ERA over the last month. The Mets are down at 25th. I can't find one reason that you would be taking the Mets today, so I'm going with the Braves. There is no reason to take the Mets. It's a great play out of you, Grant. Great play. The Braves' offense is the reason to take them on the run line pretty much every time they take the field because they're that good of a team offensively. They can they can strike. You know, I was looking at some stats. They have 40 more home runs than the second-place Los Angeles Dodgers in that mark. 40 more. It's crazy. I, I, they have a better offense than the Astros did when they knew what pitch was coming. Yeah, that's that's a good way to say it, Grant. It's a good, maybe, maybe the Braves got a little collusion going on. Maybe. Was it, well, PitchCom was invented in Atlanta, I do believe, so you never know. Never know. Um, okay, so my first play here, I'm going to take the under of nine runs in the Reds versus Angels game. This is a perfect pitching matchup for an under because both guys are really good. One's really good. No, I should change that. No, both guys are not really good. That I was hurts. confused. I was wondering where you were going with that. That is fake news. Both <laughs> got, One guy's really, one guy's better on the road than he is at home and he's on the road tonight. One guy's better at home than he is on the road and he's at home tonight. That's what I was trying to say. Not that these guys are good. These pitchers can be absolute dog water if they want to be. <laughs> but Graham Ashcraft's going to pitch for the Reds. He's 6-8 and eight with a 4.89 ERA. He's got a mid-3 ERA, though, on the road, so that gives me a little confidence. He's going to step up here. The uh, Reds have gone under, I believe, in 12 of their past 14 games, so they've really been hitting that under trend a lot. Lucas Giolito is going to throw for the Los Angeles Angels. Obviously, hasn't been an angel that long, but at home this season, he's got a mid-2 ERA, and opponents are batting less than 200 off him at home. That's something to note, because on the road, he's absolutely trash. I mean, he's got like a 6 ERA. It's just not good for Lucas Giolito. Um, so that's where that 4-4 ERA comes into play with the one two seven whip. If he is able to lock in in this game, I think it's going to be just fine, because the Angels really don't have much of an offense right now. Yes, they have Shohei Otani. But really, since they lost Trout, they don't have Gio Rochella. They don't have a lot of guys that can hit the baseball here. Anthony Rendon. And then for the Reds, I mean, they've just been trending under. That's the bottom line with them. Um, they've only scored, let's see here, they scored three runs in their last game. They scored three runs the game before that. One run the game before that. Uh, seven runs and three runs. So really not hitting the ball at all. Tanner, I'm going to be honest. I had the Reds' money line written down as a pick. I think I like your under better than that, honestly. Um, Ashcraft, the reason I was going with the Reds here is because I thought I have more faith in Ashcraft than I do Giolito right now. Ashcraft has a 286 in three starts this month. He had a 184 last month. Uh, Giolito's been blown up a couple of times so far, but both these teams bottom 10 in scoring over the last month or so. I think the under is a really strong play here. Yeah, nine's a little too high for me. A little too high. Yeah, I think I think eight and a half, eight would definitely be more appropriate. Yeah, nine's too high, but that's what we're going with, Grant. Okay, well, if nine's too high for you, I'm going to take it to nine and a half, and I'm still going to go under in the Rangers-Diamondbacks matchup. Now, you were talking about some trends here, so let's talk about trends in this one. The Rangers have hit the under in 15 of their last 21. Yes, the same Rangers team that has led the league in scoring for a majority of the season hit the under basically three out of four for the last few weeks. Diamondbacks not that far off. They've hit the under in 18 of their last 26. Now, weirdly, the Diamondbacks' offense maybe looks better than the Rangers over the last week, maybe two weeks. I don't know. The Rangers starting to, they're starting to slip up a little bit. I mean, with the, with the Astros, just their consistent improvement. You knew they were going to get better as the season went on. They're only two and a half games behind and the Mariners are pouring it on 
they're only three games behind the Rangers. They got to they gotta worry about themselves because Max Scherzer hasn't had a tremendous impact. Aradis Chapman's been good, but he hasn't been able to cover for all the weaknesses the bullpen has. So now you don't really know. And as far as the pitching matchup in this one goes, Jordan Montgomery starting for the Rangers. He's 8-10 with a 330 ERA and a 124 whip. Got a 242 over the last three months, and he only has one game where he's given up more than three earned runs. Taking on Slade Ciccone, who's only thrown 10 innings uh, in the professionals, the professional league this season. But he's got a 348 ERA, and he hasn't given up more than two earned runs yet. His, for, his most innings he's had in one outing is 4.2, so don't imagine he'll go too long, but when he's been in there, he's actually been pretty decent. Like I was hinting at with the Rangers, um, the Diamondbacks also have this problem. Their bullpen is pretty terrible, so if you're worried about the over, that would be the concern. As the longer the game goes on, the more likely it is to go over, but I don't think these offenses are in a good spot. I think we've got some decent pitchers here, um, and Chapman is fresh. He's had four days off, so I imagine he will be playing. Diamondbacks top reliever Kevin Ginkle didn't play yesterday because the D-backs were off, so he should be playing i like the under in this game i agree i like the under grant it's a good play out of you um i'm not going with an under in this game i'm gonna take a little run line here prime run line spot mariners versus white Sox. Luis Castillo on the mound nine and seven with the three two era whip right around one mariners have been absolutely crushing the ball as of late sweeping the astros they've won six straight games going against tuki toussaint of the chicago white Sox. tuki's not that good one and five four four seven era one four five whip Castillo's had some bad games on the road, so that's one thing to be fearful of in this spot. But when you look at the Mariners as a whole, one, they're hitting the baseball, but two, the Chicago White Sox, their, their opponent for tonight, have a bottom five offense in Major League Baseball. So I just don't see this game going in favor of Chicago. The White Sox are 25 and 33 at home. The Mariners are 35 and 27 on the road. They've been crushing, dealing with some injuries right now, like Jared Kelnick, but uh, I think they're going to be just fine here. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is hitting the ball like crazy, and that's going to make the difference. Yeah, I love the Rangers. Or Rangers, I'm still thinking about my last pick. I love the Mariners' run line here. Um, the White Sox, I will say, they have been decent against the spread lately, but their opponents haven't been that great. The Rockies, Yankees, Guardians, Cubs, Brewers, not, not super impressive. Uh, the Mariners have covered in five of their last six, 18 of their last 25. I think they continue that hot streak. I think they really want a playoff spot. Yeah, it's their day. It's their day. Their day. It can be our day as well if you go with this final pick here, hopefully. I'm going to take the team that just lost to the Mariners. It's the Houston Astros money line versus the Boston Red Sox. Now, on the mound in this one will be James Paxton, who's been good. He's 7-3 and three with a 334 ERA, a 114 whip. Going against Christian Javier, who's 8-2 and two with a 449 ERA and a 123 whip. Now, Paxton has been better than Javier this season and lately. I won't try to argue different, but I will say that Paxton's ERA jumps a full point and a half when he is on the road, and the Red Sox score one less run per game on the road than they do at home. Their batting average, OBP, slugging, all of that drops when they're on the road uh, by a pretty noticeable margin. The Astros are also in a time of need all of a sudden. They called a team meeting yesterday to talk about you know, the impending doom of maybe missing the playoffs. And a lot of that has to do with the Mariners. I mean, the Mariners were your closest competition. You just lost three straight games to them. Now you've only got a half game lead over them. You need to start winning some games. And, you know, the Red Sox, their offense is really good at home. But on the road, like I said, it drops off a cliff. Um, Red Sox are still wild card hopefuls, but nobody's going to argue that the Red Sox are a better team than the Astros. I think the Astros are going to come out, assert their authority. Uh, their bullpen ERA is two full points better than the Red Sox is 
over the last month of play. Plus, Kenley Jansen went yesterday for the Red Sox. Granted, he could throw a back-to-back today. He's done it six times this season, but I think the manager is going to um, – he's not really going to want that to happen if, if he can avoid it. So I think this is a good spot for the Astros here. Um, we know about the offense they have. I think they come out, they score a lot of runs, they get a win. Give me Red Sox money line. Sox money line. It's a bold play. It's a bold play with the Red Sox on the road. Their offense is completely different. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, they're they're good against teams above 500. That's that's the benefit of playing the Red Sox. Plus money here. James Paxton on the bump. I'll take it. Javier's been lit up a couple times recently. Astros aren't playing well. Red Sox just swept the Yankees. They were pretty bad on the road this weekend, Grant, huh? Pretty bad on the road. Can we talk about yesterday's Red Sox game? They didn't deserve to win that. Yeah, they did. They found a way to win. No, no, they found a way to win because let's review the Yankees. So first of all, Eric Volpe crushes a three-run home run to tie it up after Turner hit a three-run home run. The, the Yankees are up six to five in the bottom of the eighth. They have IKF is called safe on the field at home. They go up six five. The umpires review it. They wipe the run off the board. I was taught tie goes to the runner and it was called safe on the field. I didn't see a conclusive evidence to say that he was out, but you know what? That aside. What is the definition of interference at the plate? I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that that call was or wasn't interference, but can we get some consistency? It's like none of the umpires have any idea what the rule actually is. They just know there's something called interference, and they feel like they're free to make up the rules on a game-to-game basis. And, and then, of course, once they take the run off the board, to nobody's surprise, the Red Sox score in the top of the ninth. Because they're a better baseball team. And what they do the first two days, they, they beat them. They combined scores like 16 to 1 the first two days. I had the Red Sox money line the first two days. I had the Yankees money line the third day. I should have gotten it perfect. I was robbed. No, you weren't robbed, Grant. I didn't know you were a major league umpire. Anyways, this is the biggest game of the commanders' lives. This is th- You talk about one game for all the marbles. This is that game. You got the Baltimore Ravens walking into FedEx Field, the most unintimidating environment. <laughs> in the National Football League, to face the Commanders. The Ravens versus the Commanders. 24-game win streak on the line in this one. Sam Howell, I don't know how long he'll play in this game. Might be a little bit, might be a lot. I don't know, it's just named starter. But Tyler Huntley's probably not going to play in this football game. Now, the Baltimore Ravens, I think they really do want to keep this winning streak alive, so that's something to note. But I'm not going to bet on 37-year-old Josh Johnson, who's played in every single startup league, that the football world can imagine. I'm not going to bet on him. I'm not going to bet on their rookie quarterback, whoever that, I forget what his name. It doesn't matter what his name is because the Washington Commanders are winning this football game. And I think Jacoby Brissett has a big night when he is in the game. That's going to be huge for them. And I think this commander team show up. I mean, they found a way to win last week against Cleveland Browns. Browns were a very, Browns are a good preseason football team. And the streak has to die at some point. The Sharps are back in the commanders in the spot as we were talking about earlier in the show. It just makes sense. I also would lean on the under in the spot. I I don't think there's going to be that many points scored tonight. I think it's going to be a hard physical football game that the Washington Commanders pull out at home and end the streak on Monday Night Football. I was a little shocked during pre-production when Tanner said he was going with this pick because the Ravens have won 24 straight preseason games. And to your point about them wanting to keep that streak alive, do you remember when they, they were kneeling? It was some game they were kneeling the ball, and then all of a sudden they called a run play so they could get their streak of 100-yard rushing games. Do you remember that? They yeah. just started last. So, so that we know they pay attention to these things. I would imagine they want to keep that streak alive, but I can't argue with the logic you laid out. I mean, Jacoby Brissett is – far better than Josh Johnson is. Um, I, I, I think the Ravens are going to try to scheme their way uh, mostly with runs in this game. I would play the under personally, 
But I, do you know the value by chance? Do you know the, the commander's money line value here? Plus 115. Rather take plus one and a half. Yeah, I would take the plus one and a half as well. I would probably play the under, but I mean, you convinced me. I think the commanders might be able to win this game. Same game parlay on both. This is Grant, th- I don't think you understand. This is the biggest game in Washington Commanders history. Like, all right, know, all right. This is, all right, look, we won three Super Bowls before, all right? The Commanders have never won a Super Bowl, actually. They've never. That's true. That's true. Um, this is yet yeah, all the whole ESPN broadcast tonight is going to be focused on the win streak. Like, this is this is music. This is a high stakes preseason game. It is, and it's. I mean, it's two local rivals too. It's it's, it's the DMV. I mean, it's it's going to be a good game. I'll be watching. They're going to get after. I think they. I think the Ravens have won five straight preseason games against the the commies. So you don't think the commies are fired up right now? Think again, okay? This is all right, all right. Don't disrespect my team, all right? I hear you guys are getting a new name. I, I think we are. I mean, regardless of all the name changes lately, name changes lately. The fact it's a new ownership group and it's so you know supposed to be a good one compared to the really terrible one of Snyder. I think they just want to. I think they want to rebrand, get a new name. Maybe not a new color scheme, but you know how teams will change like one color or maybe they'll change the primary color. They want to see something like that. New uniforms, the full nine. They should because they're ugly, first of all, to be in it. Actually, Commander's got some low-key cool jerseys. I'll give them that. Nah, they look like arena football jerseys. They do look like arena. They're different. They're different than what we see in the NFL typically. But anyways, that was Ride the Line for Friday, August. No, Friday. Wow. Monday, August 21st. I'm so excited for football. That's why I'm saying Friday. I'm already thinking it's the weekend. Monday, Monday episode of Ride the Line, but Tanner and I will be be, be here Friday, excuse me, uh, for more NFL preseason picks, just like we'll also be here Wednesday. We're here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. All the more reason that you guys should be subscribed to the channel. College football Friday, too. We'll be doing some college football picks. Maybe we'll do one across every sport. But that was Ride the Line, the greatest show in sports bay entertainment. Smash the subscribe button, and we'll see you on Wednesday for another episode. Mm-hmm.